0: They're recording yours. Uh, just let me activate my phone. Okay, I think we are ready to go. Natasha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk with me today. Where are you phoning in from?
1: I'm coming to you from um, home today in Sydney, uh, working from home. Uh, in the technical school holidays
0: (laughs) right you say technical because uh
1: there's always a lot to do isn't there so uh the children aren't there uh however we are adults are still working
0: (laughs) yeah so how do you how do you find time to switch off in the holidays I mean before we hit record you said that you are in school a lot of this week but how how do you how do you manage to turn off um, I had
1: a couple of days off last week. I was in the Blue Mountains ah. with some friends and that was lovely. Um, yeah, just having um a few days here and there seems to work for me quite yeah. nicely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Quite possibly the most important uh question for our discussion. Uh, what's your coffee order? <laughs> do
1: you know what? I'm one of those really awkward people that doesn't
0: drink coffee. Right.
1: And I have to come play. up a lot,
0: actually.
1: Yeah. Here you go. I'm a tea, a tea person. Yes. What sort
0: of tea do you like drinking?
1: I just um, well, the standard English breakfast—you can't go wrong. But then, you know, um, some herbal
0: teas also work for me. Lovely
1: peppermint, chamomile, all of those. Oh.
0: Yeah. Um, Is there a um, uh, an item on your bucket list that you are still yet to tick off?
1: Oh, an item on my bucket list. Um, yes, probably the one thing I haven't done yet, and oh, don't know how I'll. When, when this will happen, um, I would like to go to Africa okay, and see some animals in the wild. Right.
0: <laughs> animals in the wild. That's what I would like to do, yes. Lovely. That sounds great. Um, and uh, is there a book that you have read uh, recently, it could be personally or professionally, that has uh, caused you to reconsider a few things in your life?
1: Um, I'm... Uh, We're always, uh, at my school, we're always reading and encouraging each other to read. So I've just read Principled. Um, I've just read, um, reread some of Michael Fullan's work. Um, So that's always, all of those um, books, you know, cause reflection or, you know, give us time to reflect and change and think about processes and things that we're doing in our current roles and how we could perhaps change or develop or adapt. Yeah, so do you,
0: find, do you find time to read anything outside of uh like required text for your school? <laughs>
1: Christmas holidays is my reading for fun time, <laughs> yeah. which is a bit sad, isn't it? Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so I've got um, one well, I've got one over there at the moment, I can't quite see uh, something about a cream tea in in Guernsey or something. Yes, yeah, so that will be a nice little. Just, you know, happy, easy read. (laughs) Lovely.
0: lovely. And um, what's something that you are uh, grateful for from your parents?
1: Oh, I am very grateful. I had um, what we could perhaps term the textbook childhood. I had like the perfect childhood. So I'm very grateful for my parents um, and the sacrifices that they made for me and for my sisters um, to set us up in life. Um, I'm grateful for their wisdom and their love. And still to this day, if I've got a problem in nurturing dad, because he'll sort it out for me. Um, and mum's always at the end of the phone too. So I'm very grateful for the love of my parents.
0: Lovely, fantastic. And for those people that aren't uh, familiar with your work and what you do, um, can you just give us a bit of a, a bit of a snapshot in how you got to where you are today in education? Oh, sure.
1: Um, okay, so I began my formal uh teaching career in 1994 yeah I'm not old um at a little school in Ranwick called Claremont College which is fantastic I was there for a very long time 16 years um and um then I moved over to where I am now at um at Shore so in the preparatory school I head up the Northbridge campus so I look after the uh the preschool, the ALC, the Early Learning Center, and our K12 children um, and staff. And I sit on the staff executive of the whole school as well. So um, yeah. uh, that's that's my formal career, but I was involved with children long before that. Um I've always had a passion working with small children. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher from when I was 14. And you know, it was it's been a long, a long journey.
0: Yeah. Me. Do you think um being a Sunday school teacher um, really helped to prepare you for your role. Um, was it a great uh, source of professional learning? Yeah.
1: Um, I think Sunday school teaching perhaps helped me relationally with the children and how I, um, how I, you know, spend time and, and develop relationships with the children. But, of course, yeah. nothing prepares you for teaching, quite yeah. like being a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so until you're in that first year, uni sort of goes out the window what you learned at uni and you can't really know what you're doing until you're actually in it so
0: yeah absolutely I mean your role seems incredibly um incredibly complex and we'll get into some of the uh, complexities maybe a little bit later but how um what, what does your week look like? Are you um, are you on class um, for a proportion of it? Are you spending a lot of time in meetings, a bit of both? Is it long hours? What does your week look like? And I feel like you've probably answered that by letting me know that you're working in the holidays.
1: So. <laughs> yes. Um, my, I Sometimes I laugh with a couple of other colleagues and we laugh that my job description is so varied from yeah. cleaning up children's wet pants yeah. uh to writing policies and sitting on committees you know formulating strategic direction of the school and everything in between yeah. so um yeah my I have a teaching load it's um the Christian studies load for the uh for the children on the campus which is a beautiful relational ro- role that I get to uh to be with the children so that's lovely um, then there's a lot of admin, as you can possibly imagine, um, lots and lots of admin. There's meetings, there's visits down to the North Sydney campus, especially at this time of year with recruiting new staff and all those sort of things. Um, there's getting into classrooms and being with teachers there, and children. There's um, dealing with parents and helping them navigate life. Um, so it is a very varied role. Yes. Yeah.
0: And how do you, um, and this is something that I struggle with, but ha- how do you keep it about the kids? Because there is so much demand. I know for my time, I can only imagine your time, but how do you make sure you keep that um, You keep that central? Because, of course, that's why you got into the profession was to work with kids. But, um, yeah, how, what are your thoughts on that? Correct.
1: That's exactly why I got into the profession, um, and sometimes I miss being with them full-time. However, I... Um, I think as I've grown in age and uh, wisdom, hopefully, um, I hope that my impact impacting the adults can perhaps uh, then impact the children even further. So um, in terms of leading, um, leading the adults um, in leading children, hopefully that has a big impact in the way our children um, develop and grow.
0: Fantastic. Sorry, I'll, I'll have to edit that bit out. I've got someone uh, downstairs wanting oh, to be aside for a document. So hang on of a course,
1: yeah, no problem.
0: I'll, I'll just let them in. The wonders of working from home. I love it. My You're daughter's all... uh, my daughter's passport has just
1: arrived. I... Signed um,
0: for that. I am about to have to get a new one because Optus lost all my detail. Oh all no! All of my details go out. So, so just bear me with me too,
1: I totally understand. I understand working from home.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just just found out that all the uh, uh, my wife's, my data, driver's license, home address, passports. So we're going to need to um. Read with, uh, everything.
1: Yep, yeah.
0: Indeed. Should be. Here yeah. No worries. Excuse my uh, school holiday mess. of Oh,
1: please.
0: Hello. Good, how are you going? Sorry, I'm just on a call. It's just a package. Okay. Should be my daughter's passport. Thank you, mate. Yeah, no stress. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Take okay. care. Oh, okay, I'll try and... Uh, all I'll try and rephrase that. I promise I'll edit out my window. Oh, no problem at all. <laughs> all right, so the question that we were up to was... Um, so I understand that, Natasha, your job must be incredibly uh, complex. Um, how do you make sure you keep it about the kids um, that are sitting in front of you?
1: Yeah, well... Um, it is true that that's why I went into the profession to be with the kids yeah. and kids. This is why we do what we do, right? To, uh, to, it's all about the children. So as I've grown in uh, age and hopefully wisdom, I, um, I think, oh, I hope that my impact in adults, my leading adults can impact the children in a positive way as well. So everything yeah. I do for the adults hopefully is impacting the children well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I couldn't agree more. And I think I've heard that um, uh, being a school leader is very similar to uh, riding a bike, but when you're on fire, the bike's on fire, everything's on fire. And it is, um, I believe, one of the most complicated jobs there is. Um, what do you think are some of the misconceptions about um, about schools and about the job that people may not uh, understand if they're not in that profession?
1: Yeah. Well, of course, there's the very, very common teachers only work nine to three. 40 weeks of the year. That drives me insane. Uh Um, (laughs) However, I don't, I used to get right on my high horse about that, but I don't now. I just let that go and uh, show by my example that that is not the case. Um, Other misconceptions, I think there's so many um, competing factors for teachers as well. Um, And, you know, you see those memes and things like that, where teachers are not sleeping at night because they're thinking about children in their class. That is really taking on, you know, parenting role of so many. Um, And I think teachers really feel deeply and passionately for the children that they have in their care. You know, teaching is a real calling. It's not a fallback position. I couldn't do anything else. So I thought I'd be a teacher. I think, to be a to be a great teacher and to be um, and to really love what you do, it's a calling, and and you're actually called to be a teacher.
0: Yeah, and so how do you um how do you maintain that passion? I mean, you, you seem um, someone that is incredibly um, passionate and excited about what they do, and so you should be. Otherwise, you'd be in the wrong profession. But how do you um how do you maintain that because it can be pretty tough sometimes
1: yeah yeah you're right it can be very tough sometimes I think having a great support network yeah. is really important um, to be able to debrief but to be able to debrief safely as well with people at school yeah. uh, that that's good as well you know we don't have to be each other's friends but we need to be each other's colleagues and support each other in in that way so that's really important um, self-reflecting and reflecting on, on different ways of how and why and if and what if and all of that, I think is important as well. Yeah. And just to do self check-ins to make sure that you are passionate, and still passionate. And if some if you're not, then something needs to change.
0: Yeah,
1: Because we don't need dead teachers in our profession. We don't need unmotivated or we need we need enthusiasm we need joy and that's what children bring us joy so i think sometimes if i'm having a really bad day i just pop next to the pre next door to preschool and put on my tiara and have a great time with the kids Family and we all it's amazing. yeah exactly feel feel the love and then go back and hit hit the hit the hard stuff
0: yeah i think that i think that's so important and it seems like obviously that self-awareness is something which is incredibly important um for school leaders and and sort of thinking back to your uh, sort of early days as a school leader um what advice would you give yourself uh did you uh, were the first couple of years great uh did you do a great job what lessons did you learn um yeah i mean i i look back in horror <laughs> in my early years of teaching and early years of leadership and i think i i was convinced that i was convincing everybody else i knew what i was doing um, and that was obviously not done very well. But what are some of your reflections on your early years?
1: Sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. However, oh, yeah. <laughs> however, in the early years, I think listening to advice from a trusted one or two, not from a trusted forty or fifty. Yes. Um, so mentors are really important. Um, especially all the time, but especially in those early years of leadership, you know, when you really are just hoping that you're doing the right thing, um, that's really important, I think, having a mentor uh, or a trusted one or two and listening to advice, Um, taking things slowly, not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's important as well. Gaining trust and respect from the people that you lead um that's very important too and just building relationships I think that's the other thing that um yeah you know comes yeah it
0: is so important
1: yeah exactly and so many things
0: flow from from good positive relationships yeah and what do you think or what do you hope that your um that your team would say about you when it comes to your leadership um
1: um, oh, that's. I usually ask that question in the interview. Now you've asked me
0: <laughs> if you're ever hiring, I'll um,
1: I'll <laughs> um, I hope they would say that they trust me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that even if they disagree with the decision I've made, they understand that I've made it with the best of intentions and the best, um, for the, the greater good. Um. I hope that they would say I'm a listener. I hope that they would say I'm decisive. <laughs> I hope that they would say all the all the right things, um, which I try to be, you know. So, but yeah. there's always things to improve on.
0: Interesting, and thank you for your um, thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate that. So, how, um, um, Natasha, how do you define leadership, and do you think that? Um, Do you think that role or that definition has changed or is changing? Um,
1: Okay. So first of all, I would define leadership as love. Okay. Um, And that's very broad. I understand that. But it's really loving the people that you lead and loving uh, the the things that you do. Sometimes I I don't like calling it work, being a school leader as work. I, I think it's more than that. I I consider work to be a a bit of a chore and I don't, yeah, I don't equate leadership with a chore. I think it's a great privilege. Um, So I'm very mindful that I have that great privilege. Leadership has certainly changed. um, Well, Or maybe my understanding, but other people's understanding, there's, you know, um, I think being a... um, uh, a leader who takes on feedback from others is important, whereas in the past the, the leader was the boss and the boss was it. And that's what the boss said and that's it. Yeah. I don't very often, if at all, have to pull rank. Um, I think I've done that once in my last five years. So...
0: Um, Which is great. So yeah. why I don't... Uh, sorry for the interruption, but why is that important, do you think, not to use your position to say... I am the boss, you need to yeah. do
1: this. Um, I think it's starting to build capacity in others and empower others as well to um, to be able to help in the decision-making, to help in the direction of the school. Um, I think if when I did have to pull rank, um, they knew it was super serious because I never do it.
0: So yeah, they okay. it had
1: some it had that's some not
0: your normal yeah yeah it
1: had some weight behind it in that way um but um you know and most people were, were happy with that decision anyway but um yeah I think it's important to empower others and feel that they feel involved in the in the leadership and involved in the direction we're going
0: mm.
1: um, yeah so building capacity in them
0: yeah that's so important and I was just wondering and this is a A very personal question. So uh, we can edit this out if you (laughs) would like. But we've talked about some of your strengths um, Mm -hmm. as a leadership. What do you think are some of the things that you um, would probably like to uh, improve on? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, there's always another
0: another interview question. I feel.
1: (laughs) Um, There's lots of things to improve on. I, really, I know no one does like, but I really don't like having the difficult conversations. Um, They're awful. Awful. They're awful. <laughs> no one likes that. that so that's something I continually strive to improve on. Um, I think the other thing, one of the other things I perhaps need to improve on is to... Um, even though I'm a, quite a self-assured person, I really need to back myself further in in things. Do you know what I mean? I really need to make sure I'm, yeah, I back myself further and rather than,
0: yeah. That's really, I think that's really important. And um, once again, that self-awareness, I think is so important. And I, I look back and I think um, the leader that I was when I started my leadership journey, mm-hmm. thank goodness is completely different to where I am now. Um, I just had a sort of another personal question. I'm the proud dad of two very strong um, women yes. uh, and married to an equally strong uh, woman. <laughs> um, what are some of the challenges? You obviously uh, have a significant role within your school. Um, what are some of the challenges that, that you think women face in the marketplace now uh, or in education? Because there yes. just seem to be a bit of a, not a bit of a, there just seem to be a... Huge sort of misrepresentation um, of women in leadership um, in schools, especially in the sector that I'm in. But what are your thoughts on that and and, and how do we even begin to move forward?
1: Yeah, I think think you're definitely right. There is um, a great misrepresentation of women. Um, I think when I said before about backing myself, I think women in general tend not to back themselves. (laughs) Yes. It was spoken to me once, and I'm sure it's quite common, that, um, you know, if a job had 10 criteria and a woman met nine of them, she wouldn't apply for the job because she didn't make the 10. Whereas I've heard that if men make one criteria, they're going to apply for the job because they can learn the rest, the other nine. So uh, so that's an interesting thing. Interesting.
0: So you kind of in many ways um, are working hard just to get to zero, just to get to the position where you can start applying. And um, wow. I mean, how do we, How do we begin to address that?
1: Yeah, so that's one of the things um, that um, sent me into leadership. (laughs) Well, not one of the things, but it was one of the... uh, i had i had excellent um excellent males around me pushing me in this direction nudging mm-hmm. me should i say um saying that i could do this i had a really excellent first boss as a woman too so i had her as a model but then i realized that um i had a lot to give and to show younger women especially uh that these sort of things were possible that these things um were achievable. Were able to be done. So that's one of my one of my great drivers is to be a model to younger women as well to yeah. see that.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And I um I'm sure that with, I mean there, there's so many challenges. I mean I like I said I'm the proud dad to two very strong women, um, two very strong uh, mixed race women. My wife is Indian, South African, and we both came to Australia with our families for a better life. And my daughters um were born here and received passports automatically um, as one just arrived at the door, as you heard. Um, but um, for me, it's opened a whole new a conversation about um, equality and representation and um, specifically empowering women in the workplace. And, and it's something which embarrassingly, I haven't really considered until relatively recently in having, having kids. And I think, how do we even, I guess, begin to have those conversations about um, empowerment and how can we um, sort of level the playing field? That's yeah. a huge question and probably a podcast.
1: if <laughs> That is indeed yeah. it. But I think that's just it. It's starting those conversations early, you know, starting those conversations in primary school, starting those conversations at home before the yeah. kids get to school about how we can and why we should and all of that. That's so important. Um, yeah. Senior school, uh, so uh, high school has a great, um, a great, you know, ease harvest here to be able to talk to these young kids and empowering young women and um, empowering the young boys to support these women. Um, I think it's really important having these conversations, having great role models. Uh, as well that that young boys can look up to, um, that's really important as well, and how how they treat women generally, and how right. they empower individual women as well.
0: Absolutely, and what an incredible, incredibly privileged role that you have, and that you have it sure to be able to begin to have those conversations, mm-hmm. because at some point these young men will leave your care and head out into the wide, the the wonderful world, and um, for them to be able to be empowered to make that difference, I think, is incredibly important. Um, exactly. You know, just Natasha, I just wanted to take you back a number of years to when you were, sorry, a little while ago to when you were in school, sorry. today. Well, I think I will edit that bit out. Um, but was there a teacher that, um, that really made a difference in your life? Uh,
1: my year four teacher, Mrs. Martin, was amazing. Wow. She was fantastic. She, um, yeah, I wanted to be exactly like her. On the first day of kindergarten, actually, for me, that's when I want, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. So I was one of those lucky people in life who knew their destination immediately. So having known that and then just watching teachers along the way, I also had a great uh, year 11 and 12 modern history teacher. Um, she was fantastic. She's still teaching. Um, and teaching some of the kids I actually have taught, which is very strange. Um, yeah. So she was amazing too. So she was young, obviously very young at the time when she was my year eleven and twelve teacher. Um, but just I, she was fun, and she was organised, and she was methodical, and she was all of the all of the great things that I admired. Yeah. Um, and she backed us and backed me, oh, and nice so having that relationship was was fantastic.
0: It's really interesting how um, how many times a teacher in year three and year four comes up. Yeah. I wonder, that there has to be something in that about those incredibly formative years. And and I know for me it was a teacher in year year three or year four, I can't quite remember, called Mrs Taylor-Jones and I had the immense privilege of having her on the podcast um, probably about a year ago now. And I have no idea what Mrs Taylor-Jones taught me, truly. I, I have no idea, but I remember that. Every time I went into her classroom, I felt seen and I felt valued and I felt cared for. And she probably did that for every single child throughout her 30 or 40 year teaching career. Yeah. Um, and uh, relatively recently, I went back to the to the UK where I went to school and when I was born. And I saw Mrs. Taylor-Jones and I gave her this big hug. It was sort of like an ugly, snag. Snotty-
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. Hug. And my wife was standing next to me. And when we walked off, she said, look, that's that wasn't cool um but it just i think it reminds you of the the immense privilege but also the incredible power that that teachers have um to make a difference i mean do you remember what it was specifically about your year 4 teacher i mean you talked about her organizational skills yeah. and her- how
1: did you feel when you went into her class? Oh, I felt super safe. I felt respected. I felt um empowered. I felt all of the right things. So she was amazing. But in Mrs. Taylor Jones's case for you, I can imagine, because it's like me, when I see a student that I taught. 100 years ago or who actually have children of their own and they come and give you yep. a big hug it is the best thing ever and they just talk about you and how they felt in your class and it is the most amazing feeling
0: ever so I have you had that. a chance to reach out to your teachers and thank them for
1: um yeah a couple of my teachers I um, had indeed so that was I know I when I, I saw this Uh, Miss Lovell my teacher a couple of years ago from year 11 and 12 oh my gosh we had the biggest hug ever um, and just reconnected and it was so fantastic so um, I definitely appreciate them and um, I'm in uh, contact with my old school so we have connections you know where I went to school we have connections and um, times where we can meet with each other and talk about times and so yeah it's been fantastic
0: that's really wonderful and I still can't call Mrs. Taylor Jones Beth. No, you can't. Um, I just can't do it. And even in the, I think in the interview that I had with her, I think I managed to call her Beth once, and then I just avoided <laughs> her name because
1: that sounds was, pretty normal.
0: Yeah, it was it was just uh just too weird. Um, and it does, like I said, it reminds me of the the incredible privilege that we have, whether we're working in independent schools, in public schools, in all different types of schools that. Every single day in, in my school, hundreds and hundreds of parents kiss their kids goodbye and they expect us to do our job. And and it's that's an immense privilege. And being a parent now, I'm just about to send my daughter off to kindy, and all of a sudden I'm sitting on the receiving end of all this information as opposed to giving it. <laughs> and it's it's a it's a very strange feeling, and and to think that that we spend more time with the students in our class than, especially in a K, to, um, a K to six, than quite likely their parents do. Um, it's, it's scary how much, and wonderful, how much power we hold over these little ones. Um,
1: Absolutely. It is such a privilege and we have to keep reminding each other of that. Yeah but it's also such a privilege uh, to be with the children absolutely but it's also important for us to work with the parents because they have to trust us I mean I know by law they have to send their child to school but they need to feel safe and secure in the in the trust that they have in us and what we're doing for their children that will be you know at the right age stage and
0: Everything that their their, their individual child needs. Yeah, and I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you, as a as a school leader, how do you begin to build that that culture amongst your staff of continual improvement of um, uh, being a team that is heavily research backed? You talked a little bit about feedback and, and mentoring, but. What are some of the things that you need that you do as an executive to help ensure that that culture is present?
1: uh, Yes, so we do we do quite a few things, um, including such things as we always want teachers to have a go at something new. Great, I love that. Doesn't have to work, but you have to give it a go. Uh, So we're usually obviously within reason. Don't get me wrong, and research back and try and that sort of thing. But we want to we don't want teachers to be stale we don't want to be pulling out the term for week two program every year the same thing yeah. we we want fresh ideas we um we want teachers to share with each other we want teachers to have a look in each other's rooms see how they're teaching right. we we want lots of professional learning we want professional reading we want um new things uh, new ideas all the time we want to keep each other invigorated and refreshed all the time
0: I think that's so important and one of the things that practically we do as a team and this was a suggestion of one of our deputy principals was we hold our stage meeting we rotate in different classrooms um, and it's such a it's such a simple thing so uh, firstly you know if someone's coming into your classroom you make it
1: looking right. good exactly
0: fantastic <laughs> but also we we were given sort of five minutes each stage meeting to talk about what's something that we are targeting and at the moment our focus is on uh, vocabulary and teaching the different levels mm-hmm. of vocabulary mm-hmm. so we talk about um, what are the word walls that are work, working how are we teaching this how are we differentiating it for our students right. and I have the incredible privilege of working with some amazing teachers both experienced and Relatively new, and and most of the time I'm just taking photos of their room and still. Exactly, ideas. that's um, it. And that's I think all, that's that really culture of collaboration <laughs> is is really really important. Um, obviously you have a very different uh, clientele to me. I mean, you work in um uh, uh obviously at Shaw, which is a very elite. Oh, sorry, which is an elite private school. Um, mm-hmm. do you think there are some similar challenges that all schools uh, face? Um, and how uh practically how do you kind of build that trust with um with your parents, because you mentioned that we have to, they have to send their kids to school. They do, but they don't necessarily have to send their kids to your school. True. So how do you yes. how do you kind of do that?
1: I think um, we have to, to start with the, the families and, and the new children have a one-on-one interview. So they have that first initial one-on-one interview. Then there's a lot of um, times for parents to be welcomed onto the campus. Uh, for many different reasons, um, to be involved in their child's learning, to have meetings with the teachers, to come to assemblies, lots and lots of building community um, things, which are important. Um, Lots of communication, I think is really important for parents to feel like they know what's going on. Um, that's, That's really important. What I have found over the last 15 years is uh, that parents, uh, and you might find these two in your context, Matthew, um, parents just want to be told what to do that's good for their child. Just yeah. tell me what I need to do for the best thing for my child. So they're, they're a little bit lacking in confidence as parents. Um, so building them up, um, empowering them, feeding them good information from experts um, often, part of my week uh, is taken up with one-to-one parent meetings, and it's basically about parenting, parenting your child, and what your child needs at this stage and and age. So, I think um, we really need to empower parents because they they are. They are of the time, doing a great job, Um, and for them to trust us with communication, as I said, through communication, through that real two-way street, Mm -hmm. we are are very big on um, the triangle at at our Mm -hmm. school. So it's you know the parents and the school working together for the child. Mm -hmm. So you know we're in partnership, and I think making that partnership clear and explicit um, only has great benefits for the children. Mm -hmm.
0: It seems like there's so many common threads between um obviously the public and the private sector because parents want to feel empowered they want to know what to do quite often i know in our context there's that guilt of two parents working and trying yes. to stay informed and be a good mum be a good dad be a good parent and so um for us that's a huge focus is that ongoing communication and yeah. we always say that it's the it's the thousand little things that make a difference. Absolutely, um, smiling at the gate. It's the yeah. emails. Yeah. It's the platform we use, um, at seesaw, and it's it's the platform that. Um, it, I mean, it's so important to be a um, to be able, so f- for parents to feel as if they're empowered and feel as if they are involved, because we all know when kids jump in the car and mum or dad or whoever says, "What did you do at school today?" They say nothing. Mm-hmm. But for us, for them to have a what a work sample on their phone to be able to say, I saw you did you did this great piece of writing. Exactly. It is I, I think in, incredibly meaningful. It's so uh, good. Yeah. You so what's COVID been like for you guys? Oh speaking about parent. What? Dreadful. What, what was that process like? And take me back to uh, I think it was the first wave when you realized, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> we're gonna to have to shut the school. That's right
1: it was awful as it was for everyone um and heightened emotions for everybody you know um i have the best team in the world um and i know people say that but i actually do have the very best team in the world so uh um, they were often running straight away and Parents were so so supportive. It was really hard. It was so hard for everyone, wasn't it? Um, we have we had um, quite a few children who still needed to come to school, as did most yes. schools. Um, our teachers' aides did an amazing job in in working with them uh, while the te- which let the teachers um, go and prepare and record lessons. What we tried to do because we were in at the infant school, um, we tried to make it very family friendly. Lovely. So for our, our lessons, we didn't have many live lessons because we wanted to be able to, if mum and dad were having a Zoom, we wanted Little Johnny to be able to be put on the lesson at that time, right. so that the parents could access um, the lessons when they needed to.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
1: So that was tricky, but um, but good, and we had good feedback. So that was the main thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: and what was that feeling like when you realised? Okay, we are uh, we're going we're uh, we're learning remotely from. The <laughs> what was that yeah. like? Walk me through that.
1: I know, it was crazy, wasn't it? It was such a strange time. Um, I think people were sort of, in that first wave, people were sort of energised and going, okay, let's go, let's do this. So here we go. Um, by the time the second wave came, that was a little bit less less joy, <laughs> less momentum, <laughs> less yeah. no- novelty. Um, but, yeah, people uh, just got on with it and did what they needed to do. You know, teachers get a really, as we talked about before, sometimes a negative um, a negative talk have negative talk about them but they so stepped up and did so much work so much work um, it was unbelievable
0: amazing we use a model called um so when we came back after mm-hmm. this first wave of COVID then again after the second wave a model called keep chuck and change and so um, I'd be really interested to hear from your school's perspective what are some of the things that you um, have kept as a result of COVID what are some of the things that you were like no, we're not doing that again. And yeah. what are some things that you've changed in your practice or tweaked?
1: Yeah, great. Um, so when we when we came back after the first wave, we noticed a significant uh reduction in the children's physicality. Right. Okay. That's it was so obvious. So immediately, like within the first week, we're like, right, we need to do some physical activity and a lot more of it every every day so that was totally immediate um the second wave obviously people got into a you know it was longer and people got into a bit more of a routine so that wasn't as significant when we came back uh we kept the seesaw platform like you use as as a great way for um families to be in touch and to um uh, to know what's going on when we were doing distance learning we used our school portal which is fine and great but not ideal for infants children wow. so um, so we sort of have let that go to a point in okay. in terms of um, uh, our school and just using the seesaw platform uh, we've what we've really loved and what everybody has loved is having parents back on site for right. so many, many things, so many things. It's a great way to build community and they can t- chat to each other and things because our car lines in the afternoon is pretty much drive through, pick up and go, and they don't get to see each other. Um, so it's been fantastic to be able to have parents back on site and being yeah. involved. So I think that's important.
0: I mean, for us, um, there were so many things that we decided to keep one of them was um we realised that we don't need to be physically present at all of our meetings. And so it's opened, I work in Southwestern Sydney and it's opened an amazing professional learning network where we can talk between schools, we can share practice, we can support schools that may not be as resourced as ours. And so our models around professional learning um, have significantly changed. Um, And yeah, we're just kind of, it's actually been really lovely to get to to trial and to get to um, have the freedom and have the, be empowered to make those kinds of decisions that are best for our school
1: very true very true and we have that we have similar in the independent schools uh primary schools network we have uh yes we've been using zoom and all the other technologies teams and things like that to be able to make together
0: which has been great fantastic that's really wonderful and um how did you find your own well-being during that time
1: well, I, although I work at Shaw, I lived in an LGA that was locked down totally. Right, I was nice. running the school remotely, which just also talks about how fantastic my team is. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was tricky. So I was only allowed out an hour a day and my neighbour and I went for our hours walk every day because that was all we were allowed out and, um, and yeah, it was it was not too bad for me. I was I very blessed, and Zoom was my friend for everything. Although nine hours one day on Zoom back to back that killed me. <laughs> but other than that, um, I you know still very connected with my friends and my family. So yeah. I was
0: very lucky. Yeah. Lovely. And um, would you mind maybe spending a few moments talking about obviously during COVID you would have had to relinquish relinquish some of that in-person control controls is maybe too strong a word yes. um, but you also mentioned you have an incredibly supportive team so what was that process like of letting go of physically being at a school during that period I mean did you learn anything about your own leadership did you um what areas did you grow um what was that like for you
1: yeah well first of all I was so incredibly proud mm-hmm. of um of my team, that that I had no concerns whatsoever in stepping away. No concerns. And they knew I was on the end of the phone, on the end of any time. I'm not precious about my, you know, my time as well. Um, So they knew they they could call me and there was lots of calls back and forward. Um, It was always the conduit, you know, parents would still come to me and things like that, Zoom, and um, my EA was... Amazing. She was able to uh, do many, many things with, with the wizardry and timetabling yeah. and scheduling. Um, I can tell you doing the preschool or the kindergarten interviews on Zoom was not ideal. Not ideal at all. <laughs> so uh, that was very quick with the little preschooler, but a big chat with the parents. Um, but um, yeah, I, I was so I was just so incredibly proud. I had absolutely no concerns. I knew everything would be done amazingly, and it was. I had different people checking in with the team as well. Um, I had yeah, it, I was just so incredibly blessed to be able to have that team.
0: Amazing. Um, a slightly existential question. Um, do you think that you have balance in your life?
1: Um, our current interim headmaster doesn't believe in a work-life, work-life balance. Okay. He believes in a work-life merge, okay. I which I like think is quite good. Um, so I um, I do, I think I have good balance. I have, I, I do put in a lot of hours, um, but that's me rather than, what's expected yeah um but yeah I have you know yeah I have friends I have my family who keep me very very grounded um yeah there are busy certainly busy times but yeah on the whole I think I think I thrive on being busy as well yeah. And there's no
0: no judgment here. I'm just no. um, and I'm very aware that um I may feel as if my schedule is full at the moment, but with kids and with promotion and with school and it doesn't seem to be slowing down um, so I have definitely learnt that I need to get better at how to prioritize what's important. Yeah. I mean do you have any advice on how to do that i feel like this I, is a counseling yeah
1: um, no please i'm very good at this yeah. job no. <laughs> um i think that's exactly right prioritizing what is important so i have a list um and or lots of lists lists are my friend um and being able to prioritize is the important uh prioritize the important the the necessary they're the two big ones the important and necessary the other stuff that you can delegate is really important to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but having said all of that, family comes first. Yeah, family comes first. I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big supporter of my uh, of the teachers in my and staff in my area. Um, family comes first. That's the most important thing. So um, yeah, after that, then you can prioritize all the work
0: things. And so, without going into specifics, uh, what is something that you are, what's an issue that you are um, trying to resolve, um, something that is important and also urgent?
1: Um, We... um
0: if there is just one. Yes, okay. if
1: there's, if there's more than one. Uh, we're currently looking at our programming and scope and sequence.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that.
1: right? I know, it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? With another syllabus or two yes, being thrown at us. Yes, come on. Um, so we're, what we're trying to do this term is to make sure everything's mapped out ready to go for next year so that people know what they're doing for next year with new syllabuses and things like that. So this term we're going to consolidate and where it all needs to change and update. Um, And then on a grander scale, we're also looking at the strategic direction of the school as well. So there's some little things and big things Um, preschool in ELC. We're looking at um, we're rolling out a new sort of admin system um, story parks so coming in for all of our things so it's all there's always a hundred things going on at schools
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely they are uh quite intense organization school and schools and they they never seem to sit still um and um yeah I'm really uh yeah really grateful I said that you would take that time to share some of those things because um I mean practically though like what does your what does your day look like? Do you get up early? Answer emails. Yeah. What, what 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 do you do? How do you structure your day? And has it always? I, like yeah, that?
1: I get up early. I leave about quarter past six, and I at my desk by about seven a.m.
0: And
1: we do the morning. Uh, yeah. So then there's emails and all of the admin for the day, and making sure all the classes are covered. Even though my 2IC Mary is amazing at that, um, she's got that all sorted. Um, but Uh, Then then there's usually a meeting and uh, all the admin during the day, popping in to see children, having children sent to me for behaviour things, et cetera, or good things, which I like, negative behaviour not so much, but although still children are much easier to deal with than adults um, (laughs) in terms of behaviours. Pop to the ALC, uh, do some teaching, run the assemblies, those sort of things. Yeah. And then admin tasks. There's always hundreds of those things Um, saying goodbye to the children. Sometimes I get lunch, sometimes I don't, but that's okay. That's the life of a teacher. Um, And then um, running down to North Sydney for a meeting or two. So yeah, it's busy. So come home at about six.
0: Do you you try and protect that time between nine and three or whenever your school hours are um, Mm -hmm. and, and keep that for the kids? And if so, how do you do that? Because I'm sure every knock on the door is a question to be answered, is a you're constantly switching. So how do you do yeah. that? No, it
1: can't all be about the kids, unfortunately. I wish it could, <laughs> but no, but I try every day to make some time for the children. Um or, yeah every day to be with the children in some forms you know sometimes I might even pop out and do playground duty and things like that just to be with the the kids in their natural habitat um yeah and just going in and just seeing the kids learn is fantastic and so exciting so i love to see that as well
0: great um Natasha just imagine we were sitting down having a cup of coffee or cup of tea in your case <laughs> that's right um, and um I was just about to enter the classroom for the first time. So I've come out of uni, I've got all these wonderful ideas. um, And what advice would you give me as I begin to embark my wonderful career in in education?
1: Yes, well, I would team you up with a super supportive, excellent classroom teacher that you would hopefully learn from. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say just focus on what you can do focus on the children focus even though you'll have to focus on your paperwork for a proficient teacher later mm-hmm. um focus on little things like classroom management which is actually a big thing but do you know what i mean focus yeah. on one little strategy all the time watch and learn from people around you that's really important and don't put too much pressure on yourself Yeah, you can't be perfect no one no teacher can be perfect Um, give yourself time, give yourself space um, and just enjoy the journey because it's a great journey to be on.
0: I think that's so important. And what about if um, I was just about to step into a leadership role? So I've just come out of the classroom. I'm excited to have a broader impact. Yeah.
1: Um, Again, watch and learn,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, mainly from um, a leader that you admire, having a mentor in this position is really important you know to just bounce ideas off because sometimes you can't bounce ideas off people that you lead Mm -hmm. um so having that small steps little bits just build relationships
0: fantastic i think that's so important and um i want to be respectful of your time so one final question um where can people find out more about the amazing work that you're involved in and also some of their incredible initiatives at Shaw?
1: Um, well, our, our school social media is all happening, plus our website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, so people are more than welcome to connect with me there. Um, Twitter we're trying I'm trying to get better at Twitter but I get caught up in with the children and I forget to do it anyway but that's okay yeah. Um, but yeah so all those things are, are great ways to connect with me and with our school.
0: Amazing well Natasha thank you so much for taking the time out of your school holiday it's wonderful to talk to you and um, just to hear some of the amazing things that you you're a part of it sure and it's been really refreshing to see your passion and also to um uh, to get to hear some of your teaching journey so hugely grateful and um thank you so much for taking the time my pleasure thank you for having me thank you okay